Hello, I'm Dan Aykroyd, and welcome to this fine motion picture emporium. It's nice to know you're here tonight, rather than at home shoving cheap little plastic cartridges into cheap imported video systems that keep you and your family hostage in your own home or apartment. Now, let's face it, big screen entertainment is what it's all about. We've enjoyed it for years. Movies are great. There's nothing like a good movie, or even a bad one for that matter. <sighs> Suck it. <laughs> all right. Go. <laughs> Welcome back, my friends, to the podcast that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. I am Joe, and uh, across from me, you know... Mike. Hello. Hi. Oh, my God, that all rhymed, and it was so intentional. <laughs> all right, this is our Baby Driver episode. Backseat Baby, Baby Driver. <laughs> and I stick by... I, I like the booster seat one, though. Yeah. The booster seat one's better. Yeah. The backseat booster seat Baby Driver. Yeah, it's better than uh, you know Puppy Monkey Baby. Yeah. All right, less trendy, too. Uh, we're going to talk about that fine film from Mr. Edgar Wright. Uh, we'll also talk about my pick of the week, which is going to be the Netflix original South Korean film, Okja. 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 Mooshja. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I'm watching. I, that's why I'm reviewing these boost shows. It hasn't come out yet. How do you know? Because Kevin Smith wouldn't do that. Maybe I've already watched it. He's already pimped it. He's I pimp watched SpongeBob. So, <laughs> okay, so Joe watched Jerry. this fucking, fucking you know, great documentary, Room 237. Yeah. He, and he's watching all these great Netflix things. This is what I watched. SpongeBob SquarePants the movie. You know why? Because... That movie is better than 90% of the trash that Hollywood has already released in the last two years. You know, I... Okay. It's, it's fucking funny. The David Hasselhoff thing at the end is goddamn hilarious. And and <laughs> Antonio Banderas is in it. And he and he was fucking funny in that, too. Yeah. You know? And, and that whole... The, and the trailers, the trailers for the movie would show them as all buffed out. You know, yeah. SpongeBob buff pants or whatever it is. Oh, you're talking about Sponge Out of Water? Yeah. Oh, I thought you were talking about the one from 2004 or whatever. No, no, the one that just came out. Oh, okay, Sponge Out of War, yeah. Yeah. And God, when they're out in, in real life, that yeah. shit looks fucking good. Yeah, but all that doesn't happen until the last 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah, but yeah, that's the, the marketing point. Yeah. Fuckers. But because they don't need to market SpongeBob. Everything up until that point was still fucking phenomenal. Yeah. Those guys really just know <laughs> how to do it. And of course, they also had the the... The throwaway line when crabs threw something into the crowd, and you hear you hear Doug Lawrence go, "Oh my leg!" <laughs> that, that's or, the, my leg. <laughs> see, and that's intentionally written. Put, you know, Patton Oswalt, dude, he'd have something to say about that with the uh, them bringing him in to do punch up on a on a CG movie that's already filmed. Yeah, like I just fell off to my leg in some butterscotch. <laughs> oh, that's great! That's a great idea, Mister Oswalt. <laughs> Ugh. All right, so. Uh, my leg. Take it away. <laughs> Forgot to. Patrick. Patrick. Hey, Patrick. <laughs> Gary. Take it away, Gary. <laughs> Take it away, Gary. Gary. Yay! I fuck. I don't. I gotta. I gotta do the Tom. Ah, I gotta do the Tom Kenny thing and shake the shake. Go get, ah, get through the double chin and ah, get to the get to the olive gala. Olive gala. <laughs> yeah. All right. Take it away. Uh, here we go. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, 
I don't. 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 All right, let's do it. All right. Gary. Gary. Remember that the, that documentary man where the dude at the at the uh, voice acting school, and he's doing uh, Porky Pig, uh-huh. and he's <laughs> and he's just fucking and he's so into it that he knows exactly like fucker just owns it owns the voice practically I mean for most for all intents and purposes I know that voice you're talking about yeah I don't like the guy that does the voice of Porky Pig because he does it wrong uh huh the only person that seems to get any of the voices. Well, the guy that does Marvin the Martian. Yeah. You Iridium two thirty five. Or however he says it. Yeah. You know. I'm going to blow up the moon. Get off my planet, human. Yeah. That's Kermit the Frog. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kermit the Frog is Arnold Schwarzenegger as Kermit the Frog. <laughs> Get off my missile. He stole my Oh, I'm sorry. Get off my tank. Yeah. He stole my uranium two thirty eight. Let's run Anyways, over things together. My mind turned from Marvin into fucking Kermit. <laughs> so, so the guy that does um, we haven't even started talking about the movie yet. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> the the guy that does the voice Funny. for everybody that does the voices does them wrong. Okay. And what what annoys me the most is is the guys that do the voices have been around for a long long time. Yeah. The only two proper actors that I've ever been able to understand. That have done the voices right is Billy West. Yeah, and he's even done Popeye correctly, and um, um, Joe Alasky. Okay, for the most part. I mean, Mel Blanc's son did some of the voiceovers, but nobody gets Pepe Le Pew right, and nobody gets uh, Yosemite Sam right. Now I understand if you get close and whatever else. Yeah, but everybody, when they redo these characters, they make them either really dumb, or or, or, or uninteresting. Yeah. You the know. personality is just different. Yeah. Yosemite Sam is the rootinest, tootinest, wildest, shootinest. <laughs> ah, my biscuits are burning. Yeah. And, th- and that one was done correctly. <laughs> and, yeah, Food Frame Roger Rabbit. Yeah. Um, east coast, east, north, south, east, and west of the Pecos, right? Yeah. And hmm. the voice is gruff. So if you listen to all of Mel Blanc's voice, it's amazing. <laughs> All of his voices. Sam is like a U with another U on top of it, just walking with a big mustache. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah, you know, Sammy Sam is just a midget with a mustache, hmm. and, and you on you, and uh, um, he's got a mask on. Oh yeah, he always has an eye mask <laughs> and a hat. But yeah, if you if you watch any of the Warner Brothers stuff, and it doesn't matter if you watch Chuck Jones or Bob McKimson or whatever else. Yeah. Any Warner Brothers stuff, and you listen to the way that Mel Blanc did voices, it's fucking incredible. Yeah, just the amount of stuff, and and if you listen to how he normally talks, because once in a while you'll hear him normal in, but he's done you know Irish cops, Scottish guys, you know two Hicks from fucking you know the Ozark Mountains. See, that's something I, I got to put more effort into learning is um, foreign accents. You know, still want to be able to do South African. South African. I love South African. I know it's a shitty accent, but at the same time, I love the charisma that goes along with it. Oh, and the other one is uh, Daffy Duck. Whoever does the voice of Daffy Duck has yeah. that guy down pat. Okay. So that one was really good. Yeah, he's got it down Daff? Down Daffy. All right. Down, um, downward dog. Okay. Downward Daffy. Let's move on to the baby driver. Uh-huh. All hands. 
on deck. <laughs> so, um, when it when it comes to movies about racing cars and and you know stuff like that, where it look like it looks like from first view that the, the emphasis is going to be on him just drifting cars and stuff in the trailers from months and months and months ago. I didn't have any first impression, you know, interest in the movie for a moment. But right. then learning more about it, thinking about it, Edgar Wright's doing it. I mean, Edgar Wright's done, you know, uh, the Shaun of the Dead trilogy, you know, the Cornetto trilogy, uh-huh. um, Hot Fuzz and the uh, the World's End. But then also he did uh, Scott Pilgrim versus the World, which I always forget he did that. But Scott Pilgrim versus the World was a fucking awesome movie. It's hilarious. And just like with this movie, there's this sync that's done where there's a sync with the, in Scott Pilgrim, the video games sinking in with the live action stuff, right? And then in this movie, Baby Driver, he's got the music sinking in with the action of the live action movie or you know, the live action performances in this movie. Right. And uh god damn, this Dutch Brothers is burping up like a motherfucker tonight. So anyway, he has the this ability to just um make everything flow. <laughs> and the best word I can think of is is the rhythm. He's he's got the rhythm, man. And and shit, uh I had to. I saw this movie twice because the first time, I wasn't. I, I think uh, my expectations were way too high for it, uh-huh. right? <laughs> and so, um, and that's the only reason. And I went a couple days later afterwards, and I went and saw it, and uh-huh. my expectations were a lot lower. So I was able to catch on to things that I didn't catch on the first time. You know, the first time, look, I noticed when the, during that intro <coughs> sequence. All right, hey, look, I don't need to introduce the movie like fucking. Uh, you don't need to introduce like, the movie like like uh, yeah, I don't need to introduce the movie like like Ebert, okay? Because e- everyone knows what Baby Driver's about, okay? Th- this isn't at the movies. This is a couple of average Joes. Don't so, make me introduce the movie. Yeah, don't make me introduce the movie. God damn it! So when you get to this this first part, man, where it just puts you right in the beginning of the movie, where he's already got him well after the heist. Where it's just him walking down the street in that long take, right? Uh-huh. The long take, which I found out they did like twenty eight times or some shit, if 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 you can believe in IMDb trivia, and that long tracking shot, and then the music, you know, the song. I think it was the, was it the Harlem Shake song? I think so. Yes. Yeah. And and how you, you would see like certain words and stuff that would appear as he's walking, and and just it just all that clicks, right? I noticed all that shit the first time I saw the movie, but what I didn't notice was how how w- the music was in there to accompany the action in a way where it was like a fucking like a like a band man it was like the action was part of the band and then the music was another you know large piece of the band and then you had the whole overall and it, i don't get no for fucking explanatory about this but that's what i'm trying to get at is that you can tell by all the sinking you know like when the beats going with gunshot going off and stuff like that or someone walking or dancing you know that Edgar Wright put a shit ton of planning and a shit ton of effort into this project because you can't edit a movie this way, this good and plan out a movie this good without it. You can't, you can't have an end result like this unless you actually, you know, put the effort into it. And, and this movie shows that Edgar Wright, um, maybe Disney, <laughs> I mean, look, Ant-Man was good, but maybe Disney should have let Edgar Wright do his thing. I think because I mean, just imagine how good Ant-Man could have been even better than it was showing how he did with something like this because he took a shitload of planning with this movie as well as with Ant-Man. I, I know I might be all over the place, but that's, I'm just trying to, you know, do the big bubble of it all and shit. Sure. 
<laughs> so, um, but yeah, I, dude, I'm never going to forget who Edgar Wright is anymore. Cause usually when I hear Edgar Wright, all I think of is the Cornetto trilogy. I don't think of the other stuff he's been doing or planning or whatever. Right. Cause Ant-Man fell apart. But now that he's done baby driver, you, he's, he's, he's got, he's got a list that's starting to accumulate, man. And it's, it's, it's getting very impressive. The guy is, the guy is really good. Well, he co-wrote the adventures of Tintin. Uh-huh. I wonder if he's involved with the um, the Tintin sequel. Uh, I don't know. Okay. I know Jan Favreau is. Because I think um, Peter Jackson is directing the sequel, and Spielberg is executive producing it. Like, right. they swap. They swap positions. Um, yeah, The Secret of the Unicorn. The Crab with the Golden Claws. Oh, I'm sorry. The film is based on three of Herg's albums. The Crab with the Golden Claws, The Secret of the Unicorn, Red Rackham's Treasure. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, so yeah, that's that was like, I don't, and then if they ever get to a third movie, I don't know how they're going to do it. I don't know who's going to direct it, who's going to executive produce George it. George Lucas. <laughs> yeah? No. <laughs> I'll believe you. So are they Really? Film, are they filming it right now? I don't know. In development? I yeah. don't know. Anyway, you know what, did you, did you, you saw Tintin, you had to be an anime guy, like, animation guy like you mm-hmm. are. What'd you think of it? I've got to watch it again, but I'm not a big fan of, <laughs> of, um... Tintin. I don't know how you say his name. It's uh, um, uh, uh, is it Herge or Herge? I don't know. George Prosper Remy. Remy. Uh, Belgian cartoonist. IPA for French. Okay, so you don't like his style. I don't. Yeah, I don't care for most of his style. You know what? After me and my kids watched Loch. the uh, the Tintin movie, the, the the Steven Spielberg <laughs> one. Okay. Or Surge. I, I went on Netflix or whatever and Hell. put on the old Tintin cartoons. And yeah, they're 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 just yeah, they're eh. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's an acquired taste. I mean, I don't not like it. Yeah. I just it's not for me. I think that's the same thing because we're talking about stop motion or motion capture. So kind of like that with Beowulf no, in a way. It has nothing know? to do with motion capture. Like, I don't care for I mean, well, I mean, just the film itself, like, like it's not for everybody. Like, you don't hear, you never hear anyone talking about the Tintin movie, even though it was a good movie. It, right, but I, I'm talking about the guy that created it. Yeah, it's just not my. <laughs> That's not a good picture, you know. <laughs> Accusations of racism. Fuck off. I mean, it was of the time. People need to get over that shit. Like it's, uh, you, 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 you admit that. You acknowledge that it was wrong, but it was still... And it's not wrong. It was the norm. Why the fuck is everybody considering this shit wrong? Why? Because he shows a black person with bigger lips? So, I mean, that's, you know, from the Congo. I mean, if you look at the way he draws, everything is exaggerated. Yeah, but those the way he draws them, it looks like, uh, was it the Fred Astaire thing or whatever? The, the, black, the intentional so, blackface? So what? Came out in 1946. Now it's a big fucking deal 65 years later or fucking 70 years later. I see it as a learning tool. It's, I don't get it, you know. I think it's because you, you sound kind of cold about it. I think that's what. What? Who cares? Cold? Yeah. like I a, don't have white man guilt. No, it's not the, the, it's not the white man guilt thing. It's, that's exactly what it is. It's no. It, it's like, oh, well, it happened then, so it's not, it's not a big deal anymore. It's not. It never was. People make a big deal out of it because they're offended. Well, whoopee fuck, you're offended. Fuck people that are offended today. I'm talking about... They weren't offended back then. You don't think that... You, you think that black people were okay with being portrayed like that? Nobody was offended by it. 
oh, the reason why you don't hear about anyone being offended by it is because those people weren't really allowed to speak back then. No, nobody was fucking offended by it. You don't see anybody other than modern day people offended by what happened in the past. People understood in the past that if you're going to draw something, it's actually okay to draw something that's a little fucking wacky or a little exaggerated or whatever because we get it. They've been doing it in cartoons for fucking 20, 30 years prior to that, but now it's a big deal. It was completely accepted in cartoons, but once once we got beyond that and came into the politically correct age of the 60s and 70s, oh, we can't do that. Don't We don't want to offend anybody or... You know, bring bring out any conversation. Hey, look, I got no problem. I I, I agree in in doing a caricature of any any race equally. Okay, but certain things look intentionally just mean, like treating another race like they're not human, like they're less than human. That uh, looks whatever. intentional to me. Okay, whatever. I don't care. Or it's a mindset. Yeah, it's white guilt. I'm calling things the way they are. Still white guilt. Sure. That's what it is. So it's okay because it was back then. So so hanging people <laughs> when they hung people was okay because it, that's what they did back then. It reflected the average early 20th century, Bel- 20th century Belgian view of the Congolese, one of which was more patronizing than malevolent. It provoked no controversy at the time. Again, 30 years before we were even born. Yeah. And now we're offended by it. I'm not... <sighs> fuck, man. I'm not saying I'm offended. Not- I didn't not- say Joe was offended right. by it. All I right. said we're where is the society? So it, fuck society. I, I, I don't see, fucking care. And that I could believe about the white guilt thing. Because as a society, yes. It's total fucking white guilt. And if you're offended by that, then you are part of that white guilt. If that was happening today, then I guess you could say that that's offensive, right? It still happens today. You just don't see it. But if you did. It's not if it did. It does. You just don't see it. Okay. But that's what I'm saying. If you do see it, you would be offended, yes? No. No, I wouldn't. Art for art's sake is what it is. If you get offended by someone's art, you got bigger problems in your life. If someone draws something that you don't agree with and you got to make a big fucking deal out of it, not you in particular, but in general, a person has to make a big deal out of someone's art like they do by cutting out all the fucking cartoon stuff. Oh, we can't show the fucking, you know, the Hitler stuff because that might offend the Nazis or whoever it may offend. Yeah. You know, or might offend the Japanese because, you know, it was a sign of the times. Yeah, the propaganda and stuff, yeah. Yeah, exactly. The the old the, the World War II cartoons with the Disney stuff, V for Victory and yada yada yada. Mm-hmm. You know. But that happened 70 fucking years ago. 70. Think about that. That happened two of my lifetimes ago. Yeah. Well, two and a half or one and whatever. Yeah, two of, two of my lifetimes That's ago. not that long ago, though, if you think about That's it. That's two of my entire lives. That's two of your lives. That's you living twice. Yeah. 70 years ago. And people are offended by that now. Well, no, they're offended by it because the media makes a big deal out of it saying this is offensive. So you should think the way that they think or else you're wrong. That's the way it's all set up. Okay. Well, that's why I'm not... That's why I generally just keep my fucking opinions to myself. I know, but it's... it's if someone made something because they're just ignorantly mean. No, that's a whole different thing. Okay. I, if you're doing something because you're ignorantly mean and racist, yeah. but still, it's still art. This isn't fucking ignorantly mean and racist. It's just the way he drew. If you can't fucking accept that, then don't watch Tintin or read it. <laughs> it's an award-winning series, and it's been republished hundreds of thousands of times. You know what? It's never a simple thing to talk about anyway, so fuck it. Um, yeah. 
Uh, okay. <laughs> we move from fucking Tintin to Baby. I'm going to go back to Baby Driver, okay? Yeah. I think that's a much uh, less offensive uh, topic to talk about. <laughs> I want to use that word one more time. And here it is. Just, just to fucking put a, a, a nail in this coffin. In contrast to his racial stereotyping from his early years, Herr was openly critical of racism. He lambasted the, perver- to the perverse, pervasive <laughs> racism of the United States society in a prelude com- comment to Tintin in America, <coughs> published uh, in August of 31, and ridiculed racist attitudes toward the Chinese and the Blue Lotus. Peters asserted that Herg was no more racist than the next man, an assessment shared by Farr, who, after meeting Herg, in the 1980s commented that you couldn't have met someone who was more open and less racist. In contrast, president of the International Band Dessin Society, I don't know, mm-hmm. Desne. Yeah, don't even try. Uh, <laughs> yeah, Lawrence Grove opined that Herrick adhered to prevailing societal trends in his work and that when it was fashionable to be a Nazi, he was a Nazi. When, he, when it was fashionable, fashionable to be a colonial racist, that's what he was. You just move with the times. Okay. Uh, baby driver. <laughs> so nail coffin done. All right. I so I already did my my intro about baby driver. Um, but let me end that part that that beginning part about it where I say the music is like it reminds me not the same not the type of music but the use of music. It reminds me very much of how James Gunn um, picked his music for Guardians of the Galaxy one and two. Um, it's he 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 had like a vision in his head of how these this music would play during these scenes. Both of them, James Gunn and Edgar Wright for uh, Baby Driver, you know, um, and I think that's very comparable between them. And it's also very cool because if you can play songs that I don't like, I don't normally care for, but you make it fit in the movie so well that I like it while I'm watching the movie. You've done a good job. I mean, just from my perspective, um, or songs that I've never even heard before that that's not in the style that I'm I'm into. You know, it, like jazz or whatever. It, but you, but if you're able to put it into a movie and make it flow so well that I like it and I'm interested in the music as I'm watching the movie, bravo. That's what I'm trying to say. Absolutely. Yeah. No, no the movie was really, really good. In fact, I love the movie. Mm-hmm. It's one of my favorites of this year so far. And Definitely up there. And I, whatever Joe says, he's completely wrong about his assertion of, of the movie in the negative. <laughs> um, this movie has no negatives for you. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really have to sit down and think about it. But look, every time I see a movie, yeah. and afterwards we walk out, I always have to say I have to think about this for a couple of uh-huh. days. Not this one. Not Baby Driver. No, okay. um, because I'm still thinking about this movie. I, I, I'm not and thinking about it in thing. a critical way. And for me, that's a good thing. Yeah, I'm still thinking about the movie as well, but. Not in the review critical way. Like, I really like this movie because et cetera, et cetera, yeah. et cetera. <clears throat> Not what's wrong with this movie or, yeah. you know, finding the little details. Like, so yeah, there's some of the stuff like the, the end fight between John Hamm and him. Yeah. You know, you because know he, he's taking it out on him for yeah. the girl dying. This is, this is a compliment I have for the movie is that right now I'm giving it an 8 out of 10. And I have, I have a few problems with the movie. But I can tell that this is the kind of movie that's going to grow on me. Over the years, well, what and, problems do you and have? it's gonna go, it's gonna go from an eight to an eight point five, then possibly even to a nine for me. That that's oh. how good this movie okay. is. What problems do you have with the movie? 
this is my only real problem with the movie. With you know, joking aside, and the you know the needing for more John Bernthal or any bullshit like that. That's just all, whatever. Get on with it, Jesus Christ! Fuck you, man. <laughs> my my problem with this is with the expectations that came along before this movie came out, and all the things that I've seen all the, over the years with all the car chases and all the action and all the cool moments of cool dialogue of Tarantino esque type type dialogue. Um, when I came into this movie, I was kind of, I, I felt like, like partially I was seeing what I've already, what I've already seen before to a point. Oh, that's right. You have a problem because everybody hyped up the movie to the point where you fucking, you're <laughs> like, I'm going to follow along with what they're saying. No, no. And then you, and then you walked into the movie with these huge expectations. Yes and no. You make it sound like I'm, I'm just, I'm reading everyone's reviews and stuff. I, I didn't read I didn't anyone. say reviews. I just said it just everyone hyped it up so big, and, and it it was like God damn it! The, like everyone says this movie's good, which means I'm going to expect this movie to be like the best movie of the year, right? And maybe it is, but we still got six months of movies to go. So, dude, I haven't seen a lot of movies out there that have even come close to this one. And look, and I, like I'm not gonna. This is like like I said, this this problem I have is very small because. If you read my review for this movie, I'm constantly praising the shit out of it. All right, John Wick. No, okay. Logan, really good, but not as good as this one. Kong Skull Island was good, but it's not. It's it's diff- not even. Eh. It's different kind of fun. Um, we didn't see that. Get Out was up there. Uh, not as good as this one though. I mean, close, but not as good. Uh, Guardians of the Galaxy two, good. Fate of the Furious. <laughs> I can't keep a straight mouth with that one. King Arthur. Transformers Five. Oh yeah, gotta gotta go. With tra- <laughs> we never even saw Baywatch. Um, yeah, and we don't. Didn't see, we didn't see Cars Three either. Don't. <laughs> That's a little short. Uh, short film that uh, Edgar Wright did for for Grindhouse. Don't. No. Uh, he did. I. He directed that one. The little uh, mock mock trailer. Don't go see Baywatch. Is it that bad? Who did you see it with your brother? or Your brother just saw it. I never watched it. I won't watch that fucking piece of shit. You'll watch it if it shows up on the... No, on I'm not the, going to watch HBO that piece of shit. Uh, unless uh, What's-Her-Nuts, the Dario, gets completely naked. Oh. I I don't give a fuck. God, dude, she did that in, uh, in the first season of True Detective, and it was it was everything I, I hoped per- Percy Jackson could have been. <laughs> All right, so that that's my only problem, is that I think that because of the the high my high expectations with the movie and the fact that I because of that I used familiar elements it kind of held the movie down for me but that's look I still gave the movie an 8 because the movie's really fucking good so if the movie can be an 8 and I still think that over time it's going to probably end up becoming more classic to me then it, that the movie it succeeds it wins all right this is on the top top list of the movies of the year for me so um, but that's okay. it. I don't. I'm not complaining about any of the actors. Um, Why don't we go through the Netflix? Not the Netflix. Your fucking Rotten Tomatoes prediction <laughs> for for Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was before like all the praise was coming out for it. This that's was just when I. <laughs> I gotta defend myself with my fucking. No, I'm not, I'm not explaining. I'm just. I'm giving a reason. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave it a 59. My prediction was that Rotten Tomatoes was going to be a 59 out of 100 for this movie. I gave it a 76. Um, it is sitting at 93. Yeah. Um, 
No. <laughs> no. What's the setting at? 97. Yeah. 97. So that means that three assholes with nothing better to do and nowhere near the talent of Mr. Joe Spiegel, um, <laughs> <laughs> they uh, they decided to knock this to give this movie a negative, a thumbs down. Really? Which makes no sense to me. I So 97. Out so of 100. Yeah. I, I know that that's still amazing, but... How the fuck can you not even like this movie? I I don't get it. Even if you weren't into this, you cannot deny the level of 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 intricacy that Edgar Wright put into making this film. Yeah, every scene that has look. Do you un, I don't think these these three critics understand yeah. just what you just said, the intricacies. Yeah. Now let's go into that for a second. Okay. When he's driving, okay, and you I, hear I was, the music. I was hoping you were going to bring up the Last Jedi again. No, okay. <laughs> when he's driving, and you hear the music, and he's shifting or whatever else, and going around corners. Yeah, it's all done to the beat of the music he's listening to. Yes. Next, when they are firing their machine guns, mm-hmm. it's all done to the beat of the music that they're listening to on purpose. Yes. And then. You have the acting that's on top of it. Mm-hmm. Now, cutting Kevin Spacey and Jamie Foxx out and John Hamm out of the whole picture. Yeah. Let's cut those three guys out. Whatever his name is, Baby Driver. Backseat Baby, Ansel baby Driver. Elgort. Yeah, Ansel. Was really good in this, especially with the sign language uh-huh. and dancing, you know, and, yeah. and lip syncing for the, the different, you know, the songs and whatever else, no matter how goofy it was. Yeah, it's but it added the... Yeah, it, it added to his character. It gave his, his his love of life. Yeah, and he lives with his foster dad, who A, doesn't die. <laughs> Bravo. B, doesn't get hurt. That badly. Not even, he doesn't even get hurt. Well, he got banged up a little bit, didn't he? Well, yeah, but, you know, he's lying there sleeping, and, he, and he's like, I'm I guess okay, if they had really hurt him, he'd be way more fucked up than that, especially yeah. how old he is, so yeah. Yeah, and... He was completely accepting of the fact that this kid, even though he didn't like it, did whatever he did. Yeah. Right? More realistic, right? Yes. John Bernthal. <laughs> if you don't see me again, I'm probably dead. Boom. And he's out of the picture. And then he's in the sequel. <laughs> Is he? No, I'm just saying. That would be funny if he was. <laughs> Fooled and, you. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then uh, you have fucking Enos Burdett Jr. <laughs> Who I look, I can't stand Paul Williams. Yeah. I think that he as an actor is talentless for the most part. Okay. He you know, he was good in smoking the I band. I heard he does a lot of good play things that are um good. Yeah. But as an actor, nobody really took him seriously. Uh huh. So he got all these shitty parts. But like if you watch him in Smoking the Bandit, Daddy I just want to punch him right in the mouth. You know? <laughs> yeah. Just just he had his you, moment. He's like, you son of a... And then Big Andy's brother's like, hey, yeah. watch your language. That was his epitome moment, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then in this movie, as he's talking, you know, I was completely mesmerized. I was completely pulled in by his character, even though he only had like two minutes of screen time. Uh-huh. The, he was a preacher. He went into that whole fucking thing like he was <coughs> bringing down the word of God. Yeah. You know? This is this is a John Travolta moment for Paul Williams. You do realize that, right? For that one scene. For that one scene, because he was so goddamn good in it. Where he's reading off all the weapons like like their their pork. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Pork, pork pieces. Yeah, you know, the shoulder, the butt, this mm-hmm. and that, and the other thing. But he's re- he's doing it like again. It's the word of God. Uh-huh. He's reading from the Bible. It was 
fucking great. And I and when I first saw Paul, I was like, oh my god, Paul Williams is in this movie. It's gonna fucking kill me. <laughs> and then he starts talking. Yeah. I'm like, holy shit, he is really good. Yeah, the reason why I brought up the play stuff is because he does a he does a a, a walk or, or well, I don't know you call it a walk in, but he does a song on the uh, Daft Punk uh, Random Access Memory album, and it's very play. I can't stand but his music. It's very his music theater-ish, is shit. but his vo- the, the the voiceover that he does, it's very show busy, you know, showy, you know, and it's, it's really cool. It goes, it just fits so well with the mo- with the with the song. But yeah, otherwise, I'm not, I'm not, I've never been a fan of Paul Williams. Paul Hamilton Williams Jr. He's like he's five foot two. Oh he, yeah, he's got to be. Sh- <laughs> he he makes Tom Cruise look tall. No, I mean five foot two is not. I thought he was shorter than that. Oh. I thought he was in his four foots. Oh, he's in The Secret of Nim. You want to watch a good movie, watch Secret of Nim. I've never seen The Secret of Nim. You have never? No. What the fuck is wrong with you? (laughs) The animation looks very much like Fievel. Uh, Yeah, but but it was before Fievel. It's done by, um, um, oh, see, we forget. Dragon's Light, Don Bluth. Okay, looks very Bluthy. Yeah, that's why. Bluthish. Because it's Don Bluth. Million dollars, I'll tell you what I'd do, man. Oh, sure. He Two has chicks at the same time, man. Dude, soundtrack. He has 145 credits on soundtracks. Jesus fucking Christ. He does his shit, man. All uh, right. So, in, in, in so you cut through all the fucking actors of the movie, except you gave a little bit of props to, to Ansel Elgort, and you jumped immediately to Paul fucking Williams. That's how good his performance was to you. Yeah. All I right. mean, look, the reason why I, I cut everybody out of it, because... Yeah. Kevin Spacey's great no matter what. Yeah. John Hamm was really good in this movie. Fuck yeah, he was. And he was shitty. I fucking c- couldn't stand him in The Neighbors or Keeping Up with the Joneses. Yeah. You know? And he's a good actor. I don't give a shit what anybody says. And um, uh, the chick that wasn't a Disney princess <laughs> <laughs> or in any Disney TV shows who looks like um, the chick from one of the Nickelodeon shows. Oh, Ariana Grande, the one that looks no, like her? No, it doesn't look like Ariana Grande. I don't fucking know, dude. Um, Elizabeth Gillies. Okay. She was in um, she was in Vacation. Okay. When they showed up at the sorority house. Yeah. And she was wearing the fucking red top and anyways. I think she's on um, uh, Sex and Drugs and Rock and Roll with uh Yes. Yes, Dennis. she is. I Dude, I just looked up her bio the other day because she's so goddamn gorgeous. Uh-huh. Yeah. So this girl looks like Elizabeth Gillies or Gillies or whatever his name is. Gillies, I think. It Are is. you talking about uh, John Hamm's uh, wifey in the movie? Yeah, yeah, it's Aiza uh, Aiza uh, Gonzalez. Yeah, she's the uh, she plays the semi satanic uh, satanic pandemonia. Yeah, pandemonium. Yeah, d- from Dust Till Dawn the series. Yeah, so so she's got when, a singing career too, man. Pretty big. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so and Jamie Fox. Yeah. So you remove those guys because they are top tier talent. Yeah. And I was reading some of the some of the uh, background information about it. When Edgar Wright was filming one of John Hamm's scenes, Jamie Foxx walked up to him and looked at him and said, "Oh, that guy's way too good looking," <laughs> and walked away from the set. <laughs> yeah. But like when Jamie Foxx and Kevin Spacey were on the set, I yeah. think I think it was John Hamm. John Hamm and would sit there and watch. No, it was uh, it was I believe that that was jamie fox he would just sit there and watch kevin spacey when he was off off that day or at that moment no 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 i'm talking about edgar wright oh filming spacey and and jamie fox Uh uh-huh and he would sit there and he would elbow whoever he was with oh the oscar yeah and he would be like this is a two oscar shot yeah you know but yeah jamie fox would always would sit there and watch 
I know we're giving away some of the trivia, but it's not a big deal. Fuck it, man. Would sit there and just literally all day, even if he wasn't on the set, even if he wasn't called for production, he would sit there and watch Kevin Spacey work. That's how good Kevin Spacey is. Oh, Kevin Spacey, goddamn. I would would sit there all fucking day. Yeah. Just to watch him. Kevin Spacey is what makes House of Cards so watchable. Mm -hmm. There's other good elements to it, too, but he is the main... 90% 90% selling point. Yeah. You know, Kevin Spacey didn't come onto my radar until um, American something or other. American Beauty. Yes. Uh, you know what? That's not bad because he only did a few things before that, that 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 were known, you know, big time like LA Confidential. Yeah, but um, he was he was big time suspects, when he hit when, seven. you know, when he did. Uh, uh, oh, The Negotiator 2 with uh, Samuel L. Jackson. Yeah, I saw that. Samuel motherfucking Jackson. <laughs> but yeah, so 1999. Um, there's actually a TV show called Kevin Spacey. Yeah, he's won two Oscars. He won uh, a Best Supporting for playing Kaiser Soze. Kevin Spacey, the TV show, and whew, he's gone. <gasps> that the Usual Suspect. While you're looking up stuff, Usual Suspects is that movie where I can only see it once because once I know the twist at the end, the major mega motherfucking yeah, I twist can't. Of the century. Twist, I can't even watch it now. I can't because the whole movie's a lie, right? So all that action and all those scenes with Gabriel Byrne and everybody and one of the Baldwins, it <laughs> one of the disposable Baldwins, it uh, you know it's all bullshit. So, it, and you know the twist, you know the whole Chaz Palminteri scene. So it's yeah, those that's what that's a one shot movie. That's what sucks about how awesome that ending is. Is that that's one that's one for me because I tried it again. And it just did not work. I like the fact that he plays Frank Underwood in the Colbert Report. And he plays Francis Underwood in House of Cards, <laughs> which is, I mean, it's the same fucking character. It doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, because he's already been doing House of Cards for five seasons. Yeah, I mean, well, uh, when when he did, uh, where is it? When he did the Colbert Report, yeah. 214, but House of Cards came out in 213. So, yeah. So the Colbert Report came out right, like, at the beginning. I found out something interesting. What did you find out? So, when House of Cards, I need to, hold on. Oh, he was in Wise Guy. I like that movie or TV show. He was also in hmm. fucking Crime Story. <laughs> I'm a walking in the rain. That's the one with um, what's yeah. it? Yeah, Farina. Yeah, one of my favorite fucking TV shows yeah, and too. It, and it was yeah, it got canceled way too early. Yeah, I used to. They used to have that on like Saturday nights as a repeat. Yeah, dude, you can never ever go wrong with Dennis Farina, ever. No, it was such a good TV show. <laughs> Two seasons. We Sir, have we to, have oceans here. We have bright sandy beaches here. Who the fuck wants to see them? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So in, interesting interesting that we're talking about Kevin Spacey. We're talking about everybody, dude. We're all over the fucking map. Steven Van Zant. We're, we're the Hollywood fucking host tour. Yeah. Steven Van Zant. So we got to kind of wrap this up quickly. Anyways. Oh, Silvio Dante. Did Lilyhammer. Okay. Which is a story about a mobster. Yeah. Who makes a deal with the the government, yeah, and does witness protection, okay? Uh-huh. And it's supposed to be. It, it originally was supposed to be a comedy, yeah. So I'm listening to volume on Sirius XM, and they're doing this whole thing with Stephen Van Zant, okay, okay. And he's talking about Lily Hammer, and he was at a hotel. He was doing a tour or whatever, and like his road manager came up and said, "Hey, there's two people downstairs I want to meet with you." Blah blah blah, and you know they're big fans and musicians and yada yada yada. He's like, "Okay, I'll go down soon." Yeah. So he goes down, and they, the first thing they said to him is, hey, we got a script for you. And he's like, oh, okay. okay. <laughs> so he's looking at the script. He's like, we got to do this. <laughs> and it was a comedy. Yeah. And so he's like, okay, well, we can't really, you know, 
I've I've played a gangster. Yeah. So we can't really do. He was in the Expendables three. Oh, music department. Never mind. <laughs> we can't really do a comedy about gangsters. Uh-huh. You know. Well, I mean, we can do. There, there can be comedy elements, a dramedy, right? There can be comedy el- elements about it, but that's what Leon we can't end up being. make fucking fun of gangsters, right? Yeah. And he can, you know, he lives in Norway. He doesn't speak the language, but he understands it. Yeah, it's it's a fish out of water. Yeah. So. 2012 through 2014. It's a Guido out of water tale. So when he starts doing this and he starts filming the the, the the TV show, he is he he realizes that they don't have enough money. Yeah, and it's the biggest the the highest produced, biggest budgeted. Yeah, in Norway. Yeah, at the time, whatever that means. So so he goes into this whole story about you know they they want him to be the writer producer. And direct some episodes and blah 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 and yeah. star in it, right? And so he's doing this, and he goes, "I just I'm not getting anywhere with it." So I signed this contract, and I asked for back end, and they don't know what the fuck back end is in Norway. <laughs> so he signed he 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 creates this huge mega deal, right? Mm-hmm. But he, now he's got to fucking find a way to make money. You know, because they can't use, they don't have enough money for to produce the episodes that they want to write. Yeah. So he flies back to L.A., goes and hits up a couple of studios, and he goes to Netflix and says, I got this fucking great idea, you know, we're working on it, here's Sizzle Reel, blah, 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 blah. And Netflix writes him a check. Yeah. Boom. Hey, we're waiting for Kevin Spacey's House of Cards to finish, and we need something right away. That's how that works, right? Uh-huh. That's how Lily Hammer got picked up by Netflix. We need something to fill time until House of Cards gets on. That's why they were the first Netflix TV show and not House of Cards. Okay. Good to know. I, Yeah, I, I, I think I did a flick of the week once for- um, I think you did too. When it used to be Netflix pick of the week, it was, yeah, Lily Hammer, the pilot. You can The pilot you can tell even though it's not bad, it wasn't comfortable yet. You weren't comfortable with the characters yet. Um, but then when the show goes on, it, uh, I I had no expectations for the show. I didn't know if it was going to be that good at all. It just seemed like, oh, you're just going to throw Silvio Dante in fucking in Iceland. Whoop-de-doo, right? <laughs> Hilarity Whoop-de-doo. ensues, right? Instead, the show has has a fucking charm to it, man. And then later on, if uh, if uh, James Gandolfini hadn't died, there was going to be a Sopranos connection um, that that was um, endorsed by David Chase. But they, but he ended up dying, so they didn't do it. But there's other little cool homages to the Sopranos that are in it, and it's, yeah, it is a good. It was, it's a way underrated show, and it's got a lot of heart and humor to it. So, mm-hmm. anyway, um, <laughs> we're gonna get away from Baby Driver so many goddamn times. It's not even funny, because um, you know what? The movie speaks for itself. That that's the bottom line with this movie. You watch this movie, and you're just in this ambiance of coolness. Mm-hmm. That's pretty much it. So. Um, John Hamill's probably my favorite character in the movie. Uh, the guy is just so on-screen charismatic. I holy shit! I mean, he already was as Don Draper and and Mad Men and shit like that. But in this movie, he's just fucking cool, man. I love I love when a guy is just so fucking cool that you believe anything that comes out of his mouth. That's John Hamm in this movie for me. Um, um, what would uh, what would Lonely Island say? No homo. <laughs> Lonely Island. <laughs> you, that's the uh, Ad, An, uh, Adam Sandberg um, or Fucking Andy Sandberg, uh, um, you know, comedy band. 
Lonely sure. Three Island or Lonely Island. Fuck it. Whatever Ivan used to say, no homo. Yeah, no homo. So, um, but yeah, John John uh, John Hamm is the cool cat for me. Like say Billy D. Williams was for Eddie Murphy when he was talking about him in Boomerang. Ooh, there's some movie trivia for your ass right there, baby. Um, but yes, Baby Driver is so fucking good. It speaks for itself. It's like a it's like a musical that doesn't make you want to fucking kill yourself while you're watching it. It's it's the opposite. It's like holy shit, dude. What's the next song they're gonna play? And how good is the song gonna fit? into what they're doing, right? And it every single time, man, Edgar Wright knows what the hell he's doing. And um, if the guy needs five years, 10 years, maybe 10 years is a little too long, but if the guy needs a long time to get this shit done right, fuck it, man. More power to him because it it's better that it's made right, just like with Rick and Morty. It's better that it's made right than it, it than it being rushed and shitty. Sure. So, <laughs> uh, and yeah, I like... The Jamie Jamie Fox character was good, uh, you know he's Jamie Fox is always charismatic man. He's motherfucker Jones. He's awesome. So, you know what, what else can you say? All right, I <laughs> I knew my prediction for John Bernthal was going to be that short. You know, I, I, like I was hoping I was like, oh well, he's in this whole chase scene at the beginning, and now he's with them when they're you know doing the coffee and he's being an asshole to fucking baby. But it's like I've already seen this in the trailers, man. So fuck, he's going to be gone. Then he's gone. Buy again, John Bernthal. But okay. he's filming Punisher, so there you go. I think he's filming Punisher. All right. You want to add anything else about Baby Driver, or should we just leave it to the imagination, just tell people to go see this shit? Just go see the fucking movie. Yeah, just go see the fucking movie. It's oh, awesome. I gave it a nine. Yeah, I, I had a feeling you were going to give higher than me. So um, this movie is, I, you can just, you can feel it, that it's a classic. It's a classic that isn't a classic yet. It's vampire for time. No, but yes. <laughs> All right. Go see it. Not a piece of shit. All right, my flick of the week is the 2017 Netflix original film called Okja, O-K-J-A. Um, it is South Korean. It's directed by uh, Bong Joon-ho. Bong Joon-ho, who also... Man, that's what you want to do is make fun of the guy. I'm not making fun. Did I laugh? See, I didn't laugh. I kept uh, straight... Oh, face. I saw that picture. Okay. So Bong Joon-ho, um, he directed 2006's The Host and uh, Snowpiercer. Okay. All right. Now I bring up Snowpiercer especially because it had Tilda Swinton in it, and she plays two characters in this movie, um, twin, twin sisters. Um, anyway, Okja is a movie that's set around now. Okay, where the world's food supplies are low, so this company, knowing how this how the public feels about uh, GMOs, you know, mm-hmm. uh, genetically modified foods, right? Um, how they feel about them. So what they do is they create this this fake this fake program where they they have these genetically modified super pigs that they say that they oh they just found them they just found them out in the wild right and it was it's a rare item so we we only have twenty six of them so we're gonna send them to these separate farms across the whole planet right mm-hmm. and they're gonna grow them and then we're gonna start mass um, uh, harvesting them for for food to help with the food epidemic right right. So then that's why how the public's for it because they don't know that it's it's a genetically altered animal, which they never say what it's genetically altered from that I can recall from watching the movie. Oh, it looks like a buffalo. Yeah, which ends up not being important. This movie has elements of E.T. to it, of course, um, and other movies where the kid is trying to help um, the animal. It, 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 rem- it, it looks like a, a big walking version of the dragon from... Yeah, it, it, me being a fan of um, Shadow of the Colossus, the company that made Shadow of the Colossus also made another game called The Last Guardian, um, where you're um, a kid with an animal, 
and the you know this animal you're 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 mm. this bond forms the whole time you're playing in the game kind of like well, godzilla that and it's very comparable to how it how the 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 child actor um who the character's name is Mija. King Kong. It's like King Kong. Um, she is the one that was raised on the farm with with Okja. Okja is the super pig who's going to be in this contest ten years later, where the the most popular pig gets gets picked out of all twenty six, and then gets to be the like the lead breed creature or whatever for this massive program that they're doing. Oh, it's right. got the dude from uh, Breaking. Uh, from yes, it's got it's got Glenn. Yeah, it's got Glenn from The Walking Dead and it's Stephen Yen. Um, no, it's, it doesn't. It have the dude from uh, Better Call Saul in it too. Uh, not that I. Oh yeah, it's got Giancarlo Esposito who's in a couple scenes. Um, this movie is a weird balance. It it's family fun, but then it's also serious dark humor. Um, it, this is an R-rated movie. There's 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 a lot of there's a shit ton of fucks. There's there's violence. There's bloody violence at times. I hope that pig eats somebody. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal is also in it. He plays this smarmy um, piece of shit uh, radio guy who's who's like hired by the company to to pimp these super pigs, pretty much on the TV for the okay. public, right? Um, you have Paul Dano who runs a uh, a splinter faction, you know, if you will, called the ALF, the uh, Animal Liberation Front, where they're pretty much like PETA, right? But they're nonviolent, like. Everything that they do, their their motto is to never do anything violent. So whatever they do, they just drug people and tie them up. They never hurt anyone. No people, no animals, right? No women, no kids. And 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 then that's it. They're run by Paul Dano and, and Stephen Yen. You Yen's mean on the People's the- Front of Judea? <laughs> we certainly do get around. Oh, well, you you and your fucking life of Brian. I'm doing History of the World Part 1. John Cleese People's is awesome. The Life of Brian, yeah. The liberated. <laughs> you have to fucking put on money by the wall trying to finish my shtick. Well, you you brought up li- the the ALF, the Liberation Front, yeah. the People's Front of Judea. <laughs> Wanka. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the main character of Amija, she's on a farm in 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 South Korea, and eventually it comes time for the for for the truth to come out and she finds out that that Okja has to be taken to New York City to be you know part of this whole you know fake contest thing right so in the middle of the night me just sneaks out of the camp out of the farm and goes to Seoul Korea um, where they're about to ship Okja away to you know over overseas right and there's this huge chase sequence where the ALF breaks in and steals steals Okja and and there's just this huge chase scene and it's hilarious. It's fucking it's entertaining. It's hilarious and it works really well in getting you connected to the characters. Okay, because of the sense of humor with it. But then it gets dark at times and 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 you know what? Some people might have a problem with that, but I, I kind of like it because I'm tired of seeing the same rhythm rhythmic you know flow that goes with a lot of these types of movies. Instead, you change it up by getting dark in certain places that other movies are afraid to. Right. Um, there's, I don't want to go into too much detail, but this movie has animal cruelty in it, but kind of give it a chance because it's, it's just CG animal cruelty anyway, if you're, if you're not into that, but, right. um, but it's, if, if you can get me connected emotionally to a CG character, you've done a good fucking job. I get, I get, I got a little connected to Okja because of, of the certain scenes that happened, but the movie seems to focus more on everyone else, um, doing things around Okja than, than focusing on, on the actual animal itself. At times, so 
you're with media more than anything. It's kind of like being with Elliot all of ET or something, but you got, you got the equal between them, right? Uh, that's how you get the bonding process. In this movie, it's like taking care of your retarded sister, right? right. It, you don't, there's no dialogue between them. There's just Mija saying, well, you know, I love you, Okja, and blah, blah, blah. And then Okja just doing whatever Okja does, right? That's it. So there's that little problem with the movie, but it's definitely worth seeing. Um, because there, there's some horrific scenes that give you like a, a thought in your head, like, God damn, this is kind of fucked up for real animals, you know, how they're treated, um, when they're mass produced for meat. Um, but anyway, it's a very entertaining movie. There's something after the end credits, um, a, a, like a reassuring type scene, which is, is pretty good. And it's got its own humor to it. Um, I liked it. I liked, I liked it. <laughs> I liked Okja. Um, you know, it had, uh, I already named all the actors I need to name. So, um, yeah, two-hour movie, not bad. Um, entertaining. So, Okja, O-K-J-A. Okja. Okja. Uh, yeah, I missed all the – I like I like decrying how much work I'm doing. I missed – because I'm, I'm still fixing the fucking website. feels like I've been fixing the website forever. But we're getting close to being done, and hopefully, hopefully it'll make a lot more sense to people. But, uh, oh, um, yeah, so if you get this far into the podcast, smash the shop button to shop for cool shit. <laughs> yeah, get a we, little clicky with it. Yeah, we have our... Flick the bean. We we have our uh, our Amazon shop, movies, animation, memorable memorabilia, collectibles, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, plus our books. You can get our books there. Plus our books. So... And mostly the movie trivia books. You can get the movie trivia. Well, actually, we're we're gonna start doing that again. You just have to put it together. All right. So, smash the shop button. Smash the shop button. Smash it. I wonder if we can do subliminal messages like that. <laughs> just make just play that Pepsi commercial where you can just hear the ice dropping into the glass and the and then the soda being poured in. Why would I do that? And then, then that would mean that somebody would want to go get a fucking No, because then you do that, the voices with that at the same time. That would make somebody thirsty. And I don't want to make somebody thirsty. I want them to want to buy shit. I want people to quench themselves in our in us. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> Bathe yourself in us. <laughs> you might need two showers after that one. Jesus. <laughs> so, I get what you're saying. I'm fucking about. Well, as I said mad. earlier... Yeah. Joe's been watching all these fucking great films. <laughs> and what did I do? SpongeBob SquarePants, Sponge Out of Water. Gary! Fucking, I watched the cartoon. But I- I'll tell you, I'll tell you this. Yeah. Of all the shit, look, I caught up on Fargo. I still need to watch American Gods. I still haven't watched all of Preacher. I finally caught up on Better Call Saul. What's on Spike? Your mom? The Mist. The Mist is on. I was going to watch, start getting into The Mist. Not interested. And fucking, oh, you must subscribe. Just get Spike. Fuck you. I'm not paying another 10 bucks. Cable's about to get dropped. I'm just going to pay fucking internet. Then That's wait it. till fucking Hulu has it. Or Netflix. They don't always have it. They, they're yeah, soon. I'm a whiner. I'm just, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. I give you fucking suggestions. You're like, hey, they may not have it. You my friend or a son of a cock. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, ice hole. And you may suck yourself in any way you find appropriate. Knock down that fucking wall, knock down that <laughs> wall, and knock down that fucking wall. <laughs> a mouth on that guy. I kill your fucking car, man. All right. I cut off your boils. <laughs> I stick him up your ice hole. Boo this man. 
Johnny Dangerously, you jerk. I know. I'm just, I'm, I want to be You're all over the fucking, place. Yeah. SpongeBob SquarePants. So <laughs> I fucking, I had like, I don't know, last Saturday off or whatever it was. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm And just, you were down to your last dollar. Yeah, that's that's what the whole fucking movie's about. <laughs> is it? It's yeah. So somebody steals like Plankton wants to steal the formula, right? Yeah. The, the Krabby Patty formula. And he almost gets away with it and him and SpongeBob are fighting over the bottle and the bottle magically disappears, right? Yeah. And Krabs is like, Hey, where's me bottle? Where's, where's me bottle? Yeah. I can't do it right now, my the voice is <laughs> Where where's where's me uh Are you ready, kids? Where's me? Where's me formula? Right? Yeah. And he never says anything, Craig. It always ends it with an, you know, R. Yeah. Where's me formula? R. Right? <laughs> and it, it it disappears, like magically disappears. But he doesn't believe it. He thinks Plankton did it, right? Yeah. So SpongeBob and Plankton, well, SpongeBob is there and he believes what Plankton is saying because he saw it, he, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. It, it was a tangible thing. It fucking disappeared from his hands. Yeah. Whoop. You know, so nobody wants to believe that Plankton didn't steal the formula, right? Yeah. And <laughs> and uh, Krabs is like, hey, you know, if 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 we don't get the formula back, bad things are going to happen, right? Yeah. And they're like, well, what, what do you mean by bad things? And it goes from regular scene Apocalypse. to fucking post-apocalyptic. <laughs> they're all wearing leather with spikes on it and shit like that. Yeah. You know, and, <laughs> and 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 it goes through this. I mean, it goes through this fucking wild ride. Yeah. And SpongeBob saves Plankton from being killed. Okay. Yeah. From being from from yeah from basically being killed. And they run away to find whoever stole the formula. Right. Uh huh. Well, they can't do it, and everything turns into a desert wasteland like Mad Max. Okay. And. <laughs> They end up building a time machine out of hot dogs <laughs> and a cuckoo clock and, uh, a, you know, the 10 cent photo or the dollar photo, you know, mall yeah. photo places. Uh-huh. <laughs> and they keep going back in time, but they only go back like a day, you know, or three days or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Once in a while, they'll go back like 100,000 years. Three days earlier. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know? So, you know, or they, they've only been gone for four hours, but everything is, a com- you know, is completely fucking covered in dirt, in dust and sand. Yeah. And whatever else. And they end up, they end up in, um, <laughs> they end up in this time portal where there's a dolphin <laughs> and he's watching the universe and it's voiced by one of the guys from Flight of the Concords who sounds oh. like David Bowie. I can't remember his name. Oh, you're talking about, um... Tremaine, um, Jermaine yeah. Clement. Yeah, Jermaine Clement. So he does this. Bowie in space. Yeah. <laughs> so he's doing this whole thing. Uh, uh, Clement is fucking awesome, man. Where he. Um, you complete me. Here it is. The yeah. time travel thing. Yeah, he did the voice of the, the, the shiny crab in uh, Moana. Yeah. Oh, I got to wait 30 seconds. And he played Boris the Animal in Men in Black 3. So. Yeah, sir, they're in Taco House. See, they're building the time machine right now. Nachos, hammer. <laughs> so, uh, I'm showing, so. Where is everybody? How long have I been away? What time is it? I'm not very smart. 
<laughs> back to the future part two. Yeah. So they run back to the time machine and zap <laughs> themselves away. Yeah. But it's all done really well. So. Yeah, you know what? You're, you're going to want to kick me in the balls for this Well, hold one. on a second. So here they are, and I wanted to show you this part because it looks like Squidward from the back. You think it's Squidward? Yeah. But it's not. It's a fucking dolphin. And he turns around, and he's talking with SpongeBob. He's like, hey, can you watch this for, for a minute? I got to go to the bathroom. And and he doesn't give him any instructions. He's like, I just need you to watch these two planets. Yeah. From, from the back, it looks like um, Mars Attacks. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bubbles. Bubbles? <laughs> My ancient dolphin Is that name. Sean Connery? No. Sounds like fucking David Bowie, but it's Jermaine Clements. I can't hear him. Oh, he has a stutter, too. <laughs> Sounds like uh, Tim Curry from uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yeah. But I think I I think it's Jermaine. I mean I could be wrong. I don't think that's Jermaine. I I think yeah that, that sounds like someone doing a really good Tim Curry from Rocky Horror Picture Show impersonation. Or if it's not Tim Curry himself, see the ringy thingies. The ringy thingies. <laughs> the, but there was no instruction given. It was just like I need you to watch this. <laughs> <laughs> Jupiter and Saturn just fucking <laughs> crashed into each other for oh no boy. reason. Have you like really watched that that Jupiter footage? Of the of the HD uh, um, approach to Jupiter, he's got he's he's got toilet paper on his tail. Why aren't the rings fucked up? <laughs> There's your answer. He's got a stutter. Sounds like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> he's got a laser. <laughs> he's got a laser porpoise hole. Oh, we gotta find out who does the fucking voice for that dolphin, bro. Yeah. <laughs> dolphin, bro. Dolphin, bro. Sponge out of water. Anyways. <laughs> This movie is actually better than like most of the movies that have come out in the last couple of years. Yeah. It, only because of two things. A, the animation is really good and yeah. B, it's the acting. Yeah. You know, the voice actors don't get enough credit. Uh oh yeah, there's seagulls. Uh-huh. Tim Conway does a seagull. <laughs> Eddie Deason, that's the guy that that played um in 1941. Yes. He, he, he also plays. He worked at the Hungry Heifer in um, in Critters Part Two. And <laughs> and yeah, he was Man um, Dark from Dexter. Okay, and he also did the voice of the nerdy kid in um, the Express, the um, not the Pineapple Express, the Polar Express. And <laughs> we're gonna go see Santa. Man Dark from fucking Dexter. I know, but I never watched Dexter. But um, oh yeah, then there's one, two, three, four, five, six. Rob Paul's seven. Uh, Kevin Michael eight, nine. Ten, there's like a bunch of seagulls, but Kevin Michael Richardson plays like the lead seagull, uh-huh. and the seagulls are around Antonio Banderas, and Antonio Banderas is telling the story of SpongeBob SquarePants, basically, right? Yeah. And however they did it, the, the way that they wrote it was so fucking good that like Kevin Michael Richardson played a fucking asshole seagull. Yeah. And like at some point you see, you know, at some point Antonio Banderas who plays Burger Beard. You know, gets all pissy, and Kevin Michael Richardson's like, I'll get you, you know, you'll get yours, you'll get yours, and they fly away, right? Yeah. And then Antonio Banderas' character's getting his ass kicked by SpongeBob and, and the, you know, the, you know, the muscle twins and the, the muscle foursome or whatever it is. Yeah. And as you see the fucking, as you, as you see Antonio Banderas's boat restaurant, you know, whatever it is, this taco truck, right? Yeah. This burger truck, go flying by on its side. Kevin Michael Richardson's character's sitting there with another, 
with another seagull. He goes, I told you so, you jerk. (laughs) (laughs) But it was so well done. It was just funny as shit. Hmm. Uh, Paul Tibbet, uh, Tom Kenny, Bill Fagerbucky, Carlos Alasquare, Nolan North. Paul Tibbet is one of the Roger Bumpus. Roger Bumpus just got a fucking DUI. Uh, Karen. Oh, Jill Talley, who is also Tom Kenny's wife. Mary, that's not Mr. Lawrence. It's actually his name is Meriwether Lawrence or Doug. So who does the fucking dolphin? What was the dolphin's name? Um, Bubbles. <laughs> bubbles. I wish I could enjoy anything in life as even half as much as my children enjoy bubbles. Bubbles. <laughs> Matt Berry. Okay. Uh, Snow White <laughs> and the Huntsman, Moon, One Day. Oh, he's in Moon, huh? Oh, he's a writer. Okay. Toast of London. An evening with Beverly Loughlin. Who the voices, man? There was times where he sounded like Tim Curry. There was times where he sounded like Hugh fucking Jackman. I, yeah, you know, like when Hugh Jackman's doing that 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 theater voice, uh huh, like that. Clancy Brown still doing Mr. Krabs. Oh yes, he is. All right. Um, <laughs> like I was trying to tell you earlier, I hate that fucking group she has. Um, with the with the yeah yeah the guitar whatever. Um, <laughs> we like smoking weed. Blah, 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 blah. Um. I bought this movie at at Best Buy for like ten bucks on Blu-ray when when they were having a special sale, uh-huh. and um, I put it on for my kids to watch while I wanted to take a nap one day. Uh-huh. And so I saw the beginning of it, and then I saw like parts, like snippets of the end of it, the 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 the, the super CG part. Um, uh-huh. But I barely remember anything about it. And I've never gone back to watch it. I it's fucking funny, man. I love SpongeBob, and you know, and th- there's a ton of a ton of the shorts made, you know, and but it is so worth watching, you know, even the old stuff as, as kind of goofy and, and weird as they are. Yeah. It's it, so consistent. It's consistently <laughs> fucking good. Yeah. Like the chocolate thing, you know, have you ever seen the chocolate one? I don't, I don't think so, but I have this odd feeling that you're going to show me Mike. Chocolate. <laughs> oh chocolate yes you've shown me chocolate <laughs> why does it look like something else hanging there <laughs> good afternoon sir Cho- chocolate chocolate <laughs> <laughs> it's just the, the, the way they drew him yeah. his, his eyes are all just glazed over <laughs> handsome squidward I, I understand what he feels about chocolate man and here's the running gag of my leg oh we've already watched this or I've watched this have you seen those stupid Aloha Allahu Akbar videos with SpongeBob? Yeah. <laughs> Fucking stupid. My leg. Okay. All right. So yeah, you love SpongeBob. I a SpongeBob for me has its moments, of course. It was in the movie. You gotta show the movie. That was James Arnold Taylor. Jeffrey Tambor. <laughs> <laughs> My eyes. Scarjo. <laughs> 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 My eyes. <laughs> God damn it, man. They have such the funniest running gags. It's like a, a better running you can do it. Is that what they call it? Alright. <laughs> um are you got anything else to say about Sponge uh, Out of Water? No, man. It's it's so worth it. Does the Hoff show up again? Hilarious. Huh? Does the Hoff show up again? I don't know. I can't remember. 
I don't f- think so. No, he doesn't. He does not. No, he doesn't. Fuck you. <coughs> that would be make it even more awesome, though. But huh? at the end, so Antonio Banderas' character ends yeah. up on a on an island, right? Burger boot. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, he ends up actually he ends up on bikini, B- the bikini island, not bikini bottom, but the, where the big, the island is. Yeah. And he's sitting there, and all of a sudden, he just, he's like he he's his head is in a in a frame. Yeah. And he starts off with you know. The, the the seagull's like, do the song, do the song, <laughs> right? Yeah. It's like, oh, you know. Yeah. And then it goes into the song. And then it cuts to all the characters from SpongeBob, the regular main characters, mm-hmm. right? And they're walking in a line dancing. And you see crabs, and, and they're all singing. Mm-hmm. And so you see SpongeBob and crabs and, and Pearl, and they'll say stuff randomly, right? Yeah. You know, and then fucking Squidward's doing his dance and whatever else. And it's it, and and it's not done by the regular SpongeBob, you know, artists. Okay. It's not so it's not. Uh, maybe they have it here. <laughs> Sponge out of water. So it's kind of like watching though the end credits of say like a like Finding Nemo or something. Yeah, you know, it's just kind of goofy little fucking. John fuck you, John, with your fuck you beard. Your your fucking. Poser. Sh- I'm gonna show you my webinar. His poser See? beard. It's pretty good actually. <laughs> See, I remember the song. Spoon. <laughs> okay, yeah, I can, I can see what animation you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's a little bit different than the normal. It's a spongo line. Yeah, this dance is so 2004. It's a very catchy beat. <laughs> <laughs> he stole. He just picked Patrick's pocket. <laughs> yeah. And then he throws it. And it, hits, it hits Mrs. Puff. Doom, 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 doom. And <laughs> fucking Squidward. <laughs> 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 it's just so goofy. Yeah. Tom Kenny. Oh, the rap battle from. Uh, so yeah, here it is. <laughs> His name is Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> so it, it, but the way that they do it is 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 fucking hilarious because yeah. at some point it's just gonna get interrupted. Yeah. Like, will you shut up? <laughs> just out of nowhere. Stop it. <laughs> I swear to God, that's Jermaine Clement. That's fucking funny, dude. That that was in the movie. It's, yeah, it's the epic rap battle. <laughs> yeah. Yep, I fucking slept through it, man. Shit, I missed it. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is fucking great. This <laughs> 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 is fucking really funny, man. All right. Sorry, I, you know. You know what? It's your fucking joy, man. Go, go, go for it. That's absolutely right. I'm gonna go for it. Right. <laughs> Are you done? Are you done with it? You, you got any more SpongeBob praise? Uh, Are you good? I may be good. All right. I may be good. All right. Well, lastly, <laughs> lastly on Cinescape movie reviews, uh, we are going to talk about the one and only Jumanji. Ugh. <laughs> Welcome to the jungle trailer. No. Fuck <laughs> this. Four kids all clicking together in high school. They play a video game that's been discovered. No. A no, video no, game no, called no, Jumanji. No. That is not even how it fucking goes. They got busted and got fucking detention like on a Saturday. And they got to clean out one of the, the fucking basement like, or something. Like some a John like Hughes movie. Yeah. So that's when they find the Jumanji video game. Mm-hmm. Like, look, fuck, fuck that. F- first and foremost, 
Jumanji, when it first came out years ago yeah. with Kirsten Dunst. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse and, me. And the hot BB Newworth. I don't care what you say. I think BB Newworth is hot. Yes, I agree. Okay, good. So <laughs> you have you have this entire movie that is based on a board game that if you stop you can't stop playing it. You mm-hmm. have to finish the game. Yeah. No matter what. And all these things would come out of you know, you have the hunter, yeah, you have Robin Williams character who disappeared. You know, which sets up the entire story. Then yeah. he shows up out of fucking nowhere. You got rhinoceroses, and you got fucking Stupid elephants, a Tasmanian devil. monkeys. Yeah, monkeys and turtles and crocodiles and... <coughs> Even Zathura followed those lines. The fucking premise was good. Yeah. And now... Including Zathura. I'm going to keep pimping Zathura. <coughs> yeah. <laughs> now, we have Jumanji, Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> and the very first time I saw this trailer, I'm like, fuck you. <laughs> it must be a Sony movie. Is it? I, I don't know. <laughs> <clears throat> I bet you it is. A fucking welcome to the jungle. Eat a pile of dick. <laughs> are we going to see this this uh, winter? No. No, <laughs> we are fucking not. And Jake Kasdan is the one that's directing it. What if the movie's better than the trailer allows? Columbia Pictures. Jake Kasdan is the son Oh God, he's fucking losing his hair. Um, of Larry Kasdan, where he has the right? hugest forehead ever. Um, he, he did Walk Hard and Bad Teacher, shit, and Sex Tape. That's zero effect. I think he's the son of fucking Larry. 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 <laughs> I'm telling on you, Jake, to your dad. See full bio. <laughs> yeah, looks like him. Was born in Detroit. Maybe he's the son of Elmore Leonard. Son of Larry Kazin and Meg Kazin. There you go. Brother of John. <laughs> J-O-N John. Yeah, and so he worked on Freaks and Geeks. Look, I don't give a shit how talented he is, because he's fucking talented and he comes from a talented family. You can't do a movie called Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Well, that's out of his hands. I I, I don't want to blame the guy personally for this. I'm blaming him personally. He, I mean, look, Bad Teacher wasn't bad, and uh, what was the other one he did? Bad Teacher too, and, and Walk Hard wasn't bad. So Sex Tape was it was what it was. <laughs> I just, I you know what I'm not seeing. Well, I'm not seeing Jumanji on here. Um, I mean, they said he was a director, right? Yeah. All right. Or, unless he's just a producer. Go back. Go back to. Go back to the look to the Jumanji. Do you see what they what year it is? I don't see it, but it's that's his producer. You you're under producer credits, dude. Oh, <laughs> there it goes. There you go. Oh, there you go. And he's doing Bad Teacher Part Two. Yeah. Ugh. You know, Cameron Diaz like, was I, fucking hot, and then something happened to her. Dumpster fire? I don't know what's going on with her face, dude. <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm not even I'm not wasting my time seeing this fucking movie. What about the Resident Evil outfit <laughs> on the hot chick? I'm not wasting my time seeing this movie. I know. I, I, God, you put Jack Black, The Rock, and and Kevin Hart together, you think there'd be something good with it? But I would eat a fucking bullet. I swear to God. This trailer is. It feels like a waste. Feels like a goddamn waste, Mike. Goddamn. Goddamn waste. What is it so. supposed to be? December. Oh, yeah, that's perfect. A week after Star Wars. Yeah. Comes out. yeah. Why don't you uh, release it a week after Star Wars? That's a good idea. <laughs> Not that Star Wars is going to be fucking destroying everything in its fucking path. Oh, look. World War Z Part 2 is coming out in 2017. Oh, yeah. Part <laughs> 2. <laughs> yeah. Even though they, they just signed David Fincher to doing the sequel, which I'm glad for because David Fincher fucking... Is an awesome director. Uh, it oh really. wait, he did Alien Three though. Didn't oh, he? here we go. Fuck. 
Well, the studio fucked with him on that one. It was supposed to come out a month ago. Yeah. Initial release date. It's in way early pre-production, dude. I. Oh, look. It, it's starting again with the fucking posters. Jumanji. Yeah. If Dark you like the Star, the Star Trek um, uh, uh, Into Darkness. Yeah, with one. the Vs. Yeah. Now they're going inverse Vs. Right. So, yes, Jumanji, welcome to the jungle. Just does not fucking do it, man. No. I, it does not like, do it. So, but you know what? Next week on Cinescape Movie Reviews, we will have something cool to talk about, which is going to be Spider-Man Homecoming. Yeah. Um, another movie that's getting hyped, but Maybe. I'm staying away from all the hype. I just want to see it and make my own prejudgment, which means I, I definitely need to watch all the Spider-Man movies before I see this movie. Oh, uh, this is Because be, I want to. I want to have all the other ones fresh in my head. This has got to be the P.T. Barnum one. You know, there's, there's a guy that went on to fucking Facebook recently, and he just went to this whole defense thing about Spider-Man 3. And I had to come back and, and kind of put him in his place a little bit. Really? <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, the, the guy, had, he had a good argument for himself because he saw things a certain way. But I said, look, there's a lot of positives with Spider-Man 3, but the negatives the, 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 the negatives that it has are fucking huge, and you cannot ignore them, and they make the movie suck. And then another guy comes onto the feed and he goes, the only reason why Spider-Man 3 is, is getting more props nowadays is because the movies that came after it sucked ass. So they make it look better. Might be true, but my my argument is when you regurgitate the Kirsten Dunst, um, you know, relationship angst bullshit, just so that she can be in the movie again, and then you do what you did to Venom by having Foreman fucking monologuing with his face showing all the time. <coughs> I'm sorry, Spider-Man Three failed because of that shit, and it's major. It's detrimental. But the weird part is, I can watch Spider-Man Three again, even though I'm pissed off about Venom. Still, ten years later. I don't want to watch Batman and Robin ever again because that movie's fucking stupid. But you know, there's so there's there's still Spider-Man Three is is a better of the shitty movies than I can say. But still, I, I don't forgive the Venom shit, and they're fucking up Venom again by having a Spider-Man-less Venom movie. So anyway, but let's go back to the good side of Marvel over there at the Mouse House. And I thought Bastards was supposed to come out last year. I don't even. Yeah, I think you're right. I think it. I don't want straight to video. <laughs> I don't know. Dude, it says that Bastards comes out this fucking December. Okay, well then maybe it does. Um, maybe it got delayed. Do you know movies get delayed? Like you noticed like a couple times where you saw a trailer and then a movie disappeared and then two years later it's finally coming out. Sure. You're like, holy shit, I forgot about this movie. Sure, okay. Granny of the Dead. Um, anyway, Spider-Man, Homecoming. We'll talk about that one and whatever else pops into our pretty little minds. Uh, for for Cinescape movie reviews, I'm me. Cinescape magazine podcast you're you peace the fuck out i say i do (laughs) you gotta no that's gotta change okay so figure something else out so you have to do it now so long farewell i'll be the same adieu (laughs) all right bye bye Good show! Jolly good show indeed! Hakuna Matata, bitches! This is the Cinescape Movie Podcast. We thank you for listening to the show, and if you have any questions or comments, you can email us or tweet us. My handle is at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. My handle, that's what I call it, my handle. You can tweet me at, you can send me a tweet at. Tweet me you can follow me, fuck off, all right. Yeah, follow, you can you know, follow me or tweet me at. Send a tweet to. All right. Follow. Follow would be better. You can follow me on tweet, t- Twitter. <laughs> you can Twitter me. 
You can follow me on Twitter at Joe Spiegel underscore Joe. And for me, it is at what about you? MPS 5150 because I make it easy. Yeah, you do. Well, that's the end of the show. Thank you for listening. And please remember, share the podcast. Hey, hey, hey. What is it, Joe? Yeah. You see that little button over there? Yeah. Yes. All you what do? button? The little share button. Which button is that? It says share. Sometimes it's a little arrow that goes in a circle. Regardless, it's there. Or more. So share. Share. Share that podcast. Click that shit. <laughs> it's simple. Please. We put we do put some work into this. Not a lot. Not a lot. Not as much as we should. But still, all you have to do is click the share button. Yeah. Click anything that says share. Like on our movie reviews, there's a Facebook share and a Google Plus. Pick one. We Sp- prefer Facebook, but you know. Spread the love. Help us grow. Spread the love and we will spread our legs open for you. No, we won't. I take showers. Well, what is that one? Show the balls? <laughs> Open your balls. Open your balls. <laughs> Shower, yeah. Share, share, the, share the show. Share the hell out of it. <laughs> share. Give her some love. I sound like little Nick. <laughs> Have a good night. <laughs> this is the end. This is the end. Benito! The end, I tell you! We're all going to... Oh, go fuck yourself.